Welcome. Bienvenidos. <laughs> it's another witch podcast, Christmas edition. Stay tuned. Insert jingle bells. <laughs> in cosmic news, <laughs> the sun is officially in Capricorn. And we have the new moon actually coming up on uh, Thursday, the 26th, in Capricorn as well. It is going to be. So sun and moon and Capricorn. But Very guess what? Powerful. Te jodiste because <laughs> coming Christmas, we're in the dark moon. Yo, dark moon Christmas is weird. Mm-hmm. All your nightmares are going to come true. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Krampus lives. <laughs> so for the people who don't know what dark moon phases are, what can we tell them, Maura? So I would say that the dark moon is the most important time to have faith. You know, the the sky is the darkest because there's no moon at all. Like mm-hmm. when the new moon happens, it's like a sliver. Like that's when it's kind of like there's the tiniest little glimmer of of moon. But in the dark moon, it's like pitch black where the moon is supposed to be. And so you have to have faith. You have to believe. You know. That's the thing. It's like a de- it's a definite. It's a standard that that moon is coming. It's going to be new in a minute and it's going to grow over the next two weeks. So I think it's important to kind of harness that energy of knowing, even though you can't see it, mm-hmm. that blind faith, if you will, that knowing and apply that to your new new moon intention setting. And so it's like the dark moon is a great time to build up that like emotional momentum that helps drive you into Yeah, very useful. The new moon. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I like that. Would you also say that dark moon uh energy also tends to be related to like shadow work and doing stuff like going into within but not only just going within but like Seeing the maybe not so great pieces that you enjoy about yourself. Yes, yes. And I think that's also kind of anchored in faith where you can go in and look and start to identify and start to pick, um, kind of chip away at those things, those blocks and those, um, you know, crossed conditions and things like that Mm. during the... But that's really... um, waxing moon no lying waning moon things anyway like during a waning moon you go in you go deep kind of clean house and during the dark moon it's kind of like a void it's a moment of pause right before the new moon so like yeah it's good for shadow work definitely Mm -hmm. but it's also really good for like meditation and pausing so that you can listen to um, cosmic messages and apply new moon intention that's awesome like preparing for new moon yeah exactly i like that so if you have any things that you're planning coming up especially with the new moon in capricorn capricorn energy has a lot to do with uh hard working has a lot to do with more leadership role too especially so if you're planning on trying to i don't know take over an empire Now's the time to start planning it. So get it done. Insert Star Wars music. Dun, dun. I don't know it. Dun, 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 dun. Somewhere there are Star Wars people going, that is not it. It's like the Death Star music, that, isn't it? Well, yeah, but yeah, that is a Death Star music. Was it? I nailed it. Okay, good. Christmas for Pagans. Mm. Or is it pagans for Christmas? Good question. 
pagans for Christmas or Christmas for pagans. Right. Uh, right? Yeah. So fascinating. We were doing, obviously, you know, we could go on and on. And you guys asked, so we're delivering, right? Yes. <laughs> People are like, you can't just not talk about how Christmas is pagan and just say you know it is and move on. Especially when people were giving us, um, you know, the, posing us the questions about, like, how is there a tree associated with Jesus? Right. Oh, yeah, right. So it's Answer, kinda... quick answer, it's not. It's not, right, no. <laughs> he did not. He was not born in a manger made out of pine. Exactly. But, um, yeah, so we've decided we're going to go ahead and just, like, give you what you need and talk about Christmas Versus paganism and blah, blah, blah. I want to start with something that Alan read to me earlier that was fascinating. So he said to me, I was like, oh my God, those damn Puritans. So in, <laughs> um, I forgot what years it was. It was like 1840 something. To no, I think it was like 1655 or that something. That was it. Yeah. I'm totally, it was before the witch trials. I know that. Yes. So it was like up until 1680 something. But basically... Christmas was outlawed <laughs> in Massachusetts mm-hmm. in the mid, what was that, 17th century. Right. Because of its pagan implications. So even the Puritans understood how pagan Christmas was. So much that they would not celebrate it. Right. So, and then when they finally allowed people to celebrate Christmas again, they hung witches instead. <laughs> Literally 10 years later. Right. <laughs> they were like, oh, this just isn't working out. <laughs> Fucking Puritans. Anyway, so pagan Christmas. Well, let's start with Santa Claus. He's, yeah, Santa Claus is a great, um, a great figure that is very deeply rooted in paganism, especially when it comes to his relationship to Odin, the Norse, you know, king of the gods mm-hmm. yeah. or sky god. Right. They also called him uh, Yule Father. Right. That was one of his nicknames. He was one of his um, aliases. Yeah. Or one of his AKAs, I suppose. Like he would turn <laughs> himself into a bearded. Traveler. Traveler looking like Gandalf. Looking like... Straight up Gandalf. If you if you guys ever look and search for Odin and Wandering Traveler, you will find somebody who looks exactly like Gandalf. Yeah, he looks like Gandalf. He looks like Dumbledore. He looks like Father Time. Mm-hmm. He is Father Time, really. That's who Odin is. Yeah. But um, basically, so he is... Really, really, really closely related to not St. Nicholas, necessarily. St. Nicholas is another person. But what happened was the traditions that Odin kind of carried with it melted into the St. Nicholas thing. And then Coca-Cola in the 1920s was like, hey, if we do it like this... We can turn it into the fucking capitalist, disgusting holiday. I'm not bitter. And that's that where- it has become. <laughs> well, because it was the Coca-Cola company that decided to make it the red suit yeah. that he's so popular for now. Right? Yeah, which is disgusting. Like, literally, Coca-Cola was like, hey, if he matches us, then people will love Coca-Cola <laughs> more than Pepsi. Because he looks like us. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, interestingly enough, red 
even though obviously red is Coca-Cola's color, red and green have actually been the traditional colors related to like Yule time. That's true. And but Santa, like Father Father Yule and all of that was originally dressed in green. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. He had a green cloak and had like this like the beard and gave the gifts and did the things and you know, and he like Odin had the magical creatures that made the different uh, toys and magical. So like Thor's hammer was mm-hmm. made by magical elves because Odin said so, like things like that. So that's super, super pagan. Yeah. Super pagan. And also and the Vikings, you know, they were the ones that when they celebrated victories and things, they would chop down a tree. A pine tree because an evergreen is immortal. Mm-hmm. So it represented immortality and it represented power, strength, uh, vitality. And so they would cut down an evergreen, bring it into their homes, decorate it with lights, with candles, which um, how in the world? I've always found that fascinating because you could see that in some of those older depictions, you would actually see evergreens with literally candles, yeah. candlesticks. Just yeah, like off. in it. Hanging like I want to do that, but I'm pretty sure I'd set my house on fire. Yeah, like I want to do that and live. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that and live? Fake candles, but they didn't have fake candles back no, then. No, they did not. No, they did not. They had. They were divinely favored. Or maybe, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Or maybe we just didn't read any further after that, and we realized that their houses actually did catch on fire, and that was Regularly. part of the Yule, <laughs> the Yule time tradition. Yes, it's like when your house burns down, you win. Your house hasn't burned down, then you haven't really celebrated. You have yet. not celebrated if you've never had a house fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God, we're really sorry if that's triggering to anyone who's ever had. A house fire mm, true um but uh yeah so what else is really super pagan um well the whole celebration about gift giving is also something related to the roman holiday of saturnalia right oh yeah <clears throat> saturnalia which saturnalia is super interesting because it was basically like the the celebration of light and mm-hmm. the planet saturn or the god saturn yeah and then where things were reversed, I thought that was a really interesting um, point that I didn't know. Like, I knew that it was all about folly, celebration, drinking, like, everything in excess. Like, lots of gift giving. Lots of, like, ridiculousness. Also, lots of, like, sex and madness. Well, any good Roman festival, ancient Roman festival, yeah. if it doesn't involve debauchery and sex, then it's not really a Roman festival. I don't hate it. I, I gotta tell you, I don't yeah. hate. It. Didn't they have vomitoriums? I think so. Yeah, yeah, Pretty they did. Sure they did. Yeah, they, were they like, did. If you're not, if you didn't go to the vomitorium at least twice, were you even there? No, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like kind of. If you, did you get a? Did you post it on Instagram? You weren't there. <laughs> but part of that gift giving, I think, also had to do with that role of changing, uh, the the changing of roles. So Whoa. there's a the, there's um a description. Um, written by a Roman poet that starts talking about uh, Saturnalia and how the roles of like master and slave, for example, were reversed. And so masters would go into wearing more like slave-like clothing, and then the slaves would be the ones who would get to feast during uh, the Saturnalia kind of festivities. Nice, bring back Saturnalia. Yeah. So it's it kind. I kind of think that the. 
gift giving happened there in terms of the masters being able to then give gifts to their slaves in that sort of sense, because now you're reversing those roles of like the ones who have giving it to the ones who don't have, have but now not. they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, so you have Saturnalia, you have Yule, mm-hmm. right? You have... um then you have the Celts doing their thing. Yeah, the Celts, <laughs> right. You have the Vikings that had their implications. But the Norse and the Vikings are really closely related. They are, like, one and the same. Yeah. So A lot uh, of influence. I mean, a lot of similarities. Yeah, because it's, like, Northern European, Scandinavian, Scandinavian. traditions. Right, which is where the whole, like, Yule, Odin thing kind of started. So another thing that I thought was really interested is that Yule and Christmas are both 12 days. Yes. Nobody ever... Latinos are the only ones, I feel like, that understand what the 12 days of Christmas are because we celebrate the three kings, Mm -hmm. which is the 12th day of Christmas. Yes. And that's like the end of Christmas. And in... I know in Puerto Rico, where my mother's family is from, they legit party from Christmas Eve. Well, they party on Thanksgiving, whatever. But Mm -hmm. then between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they do all the prep parties. So they'll do like, oh, I'm making morcitas. Everybody comes over to whoever's making the coquito. And then they Mm -hmm. like all make it together. Everybody takes their bottles home. And then from Christmas Eve through the 12 days of Christmas, they like visit. They go caroling. They call it parrandas. Yeah, right. It's like little mini parades where you go to people's houses in groups and sing and party for 12 days. Mm-hmm. Very traditional, very. Yeah, actually, um, it's funny that you mentioned that too because even when my dad would explain to me about gifts on Christmas were more like uh, underwear and like stuff like clothing, like the like the really like gifts that you're not really looking forward to as a kid. Necessities, kind of a thing. And then the day of the Three Kings or the Feast of the Epiphany. You would receive, like, the good stuff. Like, the toys. You'd receive, like, money. All of these other things. Mm. So, in Argentina, that's the way that it was always celebrated. So, the Three Kings was, like, popping. Right. Three Kings was, like, the The gift-giving day Mm. to really attend. Well, technically, in in the Christian faith, that is when the gifts were actually given. Well, because the three get like yeah, the, the three, three kings, kings showed up with the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. It wasn't until the twelfth day of Christmas that a gift was ever exchanged, yeah. except the gift of Jesus on Earth. I guess, but yeah, because he was because he didn't get he didn't get no gifts. For he his was born birth. in a manger mm-hmm. where like baby baby ducks slept or whatever ducks in israel ducks. <laughs> <laughs> baby somebody's baby, baby lambs. like lambs probably oh, or... a little baby lamb mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that we're on the topic of jesus that whole holiday of december the 25th reason of the season. right <laughs> <laughs> december 25th was something that was decided more in like the fourth century and yeah, I blame everything on Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny that we're mentioning, you know, the Vikings or, or you know, what was more like Germanic type of or like Viking type of tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, you know, the Celts mm-hmm. and then the Romans. Because yeah. when we're looking at like the spread of Christianity, we're looking at these areas that were very very much affected so we had to take they had to take in those kinds of traditions right into that um into like the christian Um, practice so it's not like they were light bulb right you are so good to drop light bulbs on me i'm always like (laughs) ooh, facts 
Facts, Alan. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so it was just um, like the whole idea about having Jesus being born on the 25th yeah. was something that like the Catholic Church had to be like, well, all right, never, nobody's really kind of listening to us with what we want to do here. Right. So guess what? Jesus was actually born on the 25th. On the same day that you celebrate this. <laughs> what are the chances? Right. And isn't it also, and this, I'm, I don't quote me. Uh-huh. <laughs> People are like, wait, because I'm going to quote you. <laughs> um, but isn't it also, I feel like it coincides with the Holy Krishna's birthday. Well, that's the thing. I and mean, there's the so Holy many Krishna gods. Krishna Christ? Is that the same? Are they the same person? Well, I mean, it's not unlikely. Because the thing is, is that the god, um, for example, Mithras, which is like an Spell Indo- it. M I T H R A S. Mithras. Nice. How can I use it in a sentence? <laughs> Mithras, Mithras was God. <laughs> Who is Mithras? He was um actually a god that had the same story as Christ. <gasps> he was born of a virgin. Oh. And, oh, by the way, so was in some versions of the myth of Dionysus, mm-hmm. the god of wine, he was also born of a virgin. So was Horus. So was Horus and, and all these are, other ones. There are images of Horus, uh, Isis and Horus that look exactly like, like the sacred mother and Jesus. Exactly. Well, because she too was a sacred mother. She was. Tale as old as time. (laughs) (laughs) So we see that there's a lot of these um, death and rebirth gods that that happen around this time of the year. Mm -hmm. So for Jesus to kind of fall in there, I mean, hey, he had to be in there because otherwise people would be like, but... Your story doesn't really make sense because we got gods that die and are reborn. Exactly. Like, right. They were like, let's slip him right in the middle. And they did. (laughs) Drop him in the middle of you. And how better to do it than put in an innocent baby? Conspiracy. No. but (laughs) The Jesus conspiracy. I could go on for days. Please don't get me started on the Jesus conspiracy. Mary Magdalene. That's all I got to say. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. <laughs> but we see that there's so many similarities of of how we can literally say that Christmas is purely pagan. Purely, bro. I like so I would argue this, oh my god, when I was on like my Christian tip but like on my way out and I just like I said before, I always ask people what the Christmas tree has to do with it, like especially like your hardcore like Catholic Dia. Mm-hmm. Who like takes her Christmas decorating really seriously? <laughs> Just be like, "Where's your nativity scene?" <laughs> right, <laughs> because that should be it. Like, you should have your little nativity scene, cute with maybe some candles or whatever, and then you put out the baby Jesus at midnight mm-hmm. on the twenty fourth into the twenty fifth, right? But oh, the Christmas tree, the lights I can see because the lights are also like representing spirits, right? Like, and kind of like um. And also the festival of lights. Exactly. Right? Like a... But see, that's already don't got nothing to do with Jesus, though. No, it doesn't. No, so know. technically, you should get yourself a lamb, a donkey, <laughs> a manger. Mm-hmm. Everybody should just be out in the um in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so the opposite. It reminds me of... This is going to be such a weird reference. But it reminds me of Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. And the 
uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. So, towards the end of the movie, he has to choose the chalice that Jesus drank from at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And it is a table full. Have you seen this movie? Uh, yeah. But, but is that the Last Crusade, though? No, it's not the Last Crusade. That's the one with Sean Connery. This is, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark was with the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, right. When they opened the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, and, and everybody turns into fucking, like, skeletons and Yeah, shit. so before... <laughs> That's a yes. good one. <laughs> but before that happens, he has to choose Jesus's chalice. Oh, and isn't that, like, really old, It's the dusty oldest... Dude? Yes, the knight. He's a knight templar, templar knight. Yes, yeah. So he, he's dusty. Dusty. He could not wait for somebody to come get this fucking cup, yo. He, he was, was like, get the time. chalice right, please. He was the knight of cups that was completely over it. He really was though. He Dude, was like, yo, take it. He was like, yo, I don't know why he didn't just tell him which one it was, bro. I'd have been like, it's the one on the lawn. I feel like he was kind of giving a guess though. Like he was just like, I'm not gonna tell you because I can't. <laughs> but but if I had to choose, I highly recommend going more to the right than the left. <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. Um, but anyway, in that movie, when he chooses the chalice, uh-huh. he picks the there's a bunch of diamond crusted ruby, oh. beautiful gold, whatever. But now, now you're remembering. He picks the most humble mm-hmm. chalice. Chalice is basically like a goblet, like a wine, a yeah. wine glass, but made out of metal. Yeah, typically. Um, brass, gold, silver, but exactly. So they'd be made out of like all these things. And the one he chose, I don't think it was made out of clay, but it was made out of some crude material. Yeah. It was very, 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 very humble looking. It had nothing on it. It was super dusty. There were no diamonds. There were no jewels, nothing. And so he was right. Truth be told, not to sound greedy, but I probably would have just taken one of the nicer ones and be like, I'm not even interested in the Holy Grail anymore. <laughs> but what I could get this on eBay, what I could get for this on eBay, Knight Templar. Yo, he's like, I'm, gonna- I didn't even off, like, I'm done actually now. <laughs> you are not a Tomb Raider. You're like, no. hmm, this looks good right here. I gotta go. Right. I would just be like, I'm gonna go get some, something else that's gonna serve me in this life. Oh my God, that's but- hilarious. <laughs> My point to even go down this Indiana Jones <laughs> yes. rabbit hole because I just watched all of them recently <laughs> again for the 8,000 times sidebar. They're really good. I didn't appreciate how hot Harrison Ford was when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> My man had me captivated for hours. I was like, yeah, I could sit through another one. Like, I'll sit right here on this couch and watch me some Indiana Jones. But the point of the story is, is that Jesus was super humble. He was mm-hmm. born in a manger. He was, you know, like I say this all the time. Jesus is the homie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like his story is, it's the, the arc of transformation. Mm-hmm. It's what can happen when you are devoted to a cause and that you will die for it right. and be exonerated. Like you will be exalted for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. Albeit a little convoluted now, but still. His name <laughs> rings bells because of his sacrifice for humanity. Um, and I will honor that forever. But he, you know, the way we've, what we've turned Christmas into mm-hmm. is disgusting. Very uh, consumerist, for sure. It's right? awful. But... It makes it so hard to get excited about it because they're shoving it down your throat. 
Yeah, if we could just go back to the times of Saturnalia and get Bro. super drunk, have sex in the streets. Um, although it's a little hard to celebrate Saturnalia in that aspect here when it's really cold. Yo, Pero, we go indoors. Right. You got to improvise. You got to get with the time. Saturnalia 2020. That's Saturnalia it. We're having a Saturnalia party next year. Mm. We're doing it. We're doing a B.I.G. Wait, did we just tell everyone we're having an orgy next year? They're like, wait, sex might. and debauchery? You guys are crazy. I mean, but I paused maybe. for a moment. I'm not going to lie, but it's not a bad idea. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. I mean, it's if we were to... If you see how simplistic and right. how enjoyable those um, actual holidays were in ancient times, we would see... That there is value in something a lot more, mm. not just obviously you know the debauchery and yeah that's the no whole listen thing. the sex but, and the alcohol and all of that bullshit is better than the capitalism that's happening right now right because it takes you so far away from the point like the reason you're that we're celebrating mm-hmm. I yeah, agree with absolutely. you one hundred percent so if we're looking at trying to bring things back to a more traditional time. You know, and you have all these these people talking about, oh, bring back or let's put the Christ back in Christmas and all this other <laughs> stuff. You, um, how about putting the pagan back in Chris in Christmas? Or, right. Wait. We need a yeah. Well, I'll take it. It's already. I'll there, go see. I'll go see. But... <laughs> putting the Christ, putting the pagan back in um. In la Navidad. <laughs> no, I agree. I feel like celebrating it. As a more, like, having that 360 experience that doesn't revolve around the birth of a, of a god, really, that nobody even really talks about and doesn't, like, you don't see a bunch of Jesus walking into the store to buy gifts mm-hmm. in commercials because he, like, that's not real. And if you're going to do a gift-giving thing, maybe do it in the way of Saturnalia, which is Tell the part of... The whole gift giving, like we were talking about earlier, of that switching of roles. So maybe your gift giving ends up being giving gifts to the people who are like the indigent, less fortunate. The yeah, the less fortunate, mm. and and that kind. But of I'm way. a starving artist, oh, so, so there's more you, fortunate than me for sure. Oh, so you looking for a gift? <laughs> I mean, Is what? what? <laughs> I mean, you see. <laughs> I have been tainted by the capitalism of mm-hmm. Christmas. So, yes, I do want to give. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a good gift giver, though. I either don't give you sh- nothing or I give you, like, the thing that I think will, like, set your heart on fire. Yes. I like to give gifts that um are meaningful. Yeah, for sure. So. But, again, that has more to do with pagan practice. Although Jesus was a pretty meaningful gift to humanity, I suppose. Bueno, see. Si. Okay, we can look at it like that. Yeah. There but it just gets lost in the sauce when you start adding all the layers of nonsense, you mm-hmm. know? I agree. But ultimately, any pract- any part of the holidays that you celebrate within Christmas can be connected back to a pagan ceremony, ritual, or celebration. And that's okay. So just embrace it. Because, yeah, exactly. And you tell know. your tia. Tell Bring it up Christmas Christian, dinner. Yeah, Christmas dinner. Do it and blame us and at us in your story. Exactly. <laughs> and be like, well, I was listening to another witch podcast. And fascinatingly enough. 
videotape your abuelo fainting yeah. in the middle <laughs> oh as, you, as you disclose all of those things. That's not funny. I told my grandmother that I wasn't Catholic before she passed away. And my mom was like, why would you tell her that? And I'm like, because she deserves to know. And my grandmother was like, so what then? And I'm like, well, I think I'm just Christian now. And she was like, that's the same shit. And walked away from me. Like, get out of my face. Like, I was trying to, like, revo- have a revolution. But it was- that wasn't it. Yeah. I feel like people, after a certain age, are really just like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> she was like, get out of my face. Are you hungry? <laughs> like, whatever. But, um, yeah, dude. I mean, I hope we covered some of the pagan traditions <laughs> we went on quite the tangent but the holidays will do that to you because there's so many there's literally so many interwoven celebrations and rituals and ceremonies and things that we could literally continue to talk about this for another couple of episodes i feel like and then start to talk about more key players and what is Sat- why they celebrated Saturn? Mm-hmm. Why you know Odin was like the gift giver, the wish grantor, and the Yule father, and why people celebrated Yule and what you know, like the reindeer. Oh, I thought that was a pretty cool connection too. How Odin used to ride a horse called I can't pronounce it. No. That couldn't pronounce it. No, it was like neither. such weird letters next to each other, and I'm like, how do you pronounce a P? It was like an R, I, I can't even remember, but it was just like the way the R, the F, the P was like next to each other. I was like, ooh, these Germanic languages got me fucked up. <laughs> but um, anyway, his horse had eight legs and mm. could fly. That's a lot of legs. No wonder why he had to fly. Right. It's just, <laughs> and because, and it's like interesting that Santa had eight reindeer. Oh. The same way that Odin's horse had eight legs. Yeah. And what was the, there was a couple other things that were really fascinating. And it was like the way... Well, I remember you mentioning about Blitzen. Yes. And, yeah. Blitzen being... Thun- no, wait. Lightning, Lightning. Right? And then Donner. Donner being Thunder. And it was kind of like the lightning and the thunder that come from the sky that came from Odin and like all of these and things. Those and those were reindeer that Santa Claus... Mm-hmm. Has in his exactly, and Odin, <laughs> um, Odin's men were elves, like they mm-hmm. were known as Odin's men, and he would employ them. So it's kind of like all super duper connected. But Odin, I would say, is our like mo- quintessential Santa father, definitely, Yule. and putting Saint Nick as right. as the one who's Satan Nick. Oh, oh. awkward. Blame Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola Satan. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> two plus two is chicken. <laughs> yes. I just started thinking about that whole monster thing, too. That whole theory that those... The M that makes monster... Anyway, it's a long story. But how it ends up turning into, like, 666. And now Monster Energy Drink is the energy drink of the devil. Oh, the monster drink is the energy drink of the devil? That's like how there's three sixes in the word Disney. In the Disney signature. See that? Yeah, yeah. Disney's also satanic. So, um... Facts. (laughs) Made me hate myself until Jasmine. (laughs) For the record. So... (laughs) Don't get me started. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting how, um, you know, the 
Saint Nick changed too because of oh, once again the Christian influence. They had to probably have somebody take in like a more Catholic look or Catholic or Christian Catholic Christian uh kind of aspect of the whole Father Christmas thing because they were like, mm. well, we don't really got a Father Christmas, so guess well, what? I don't got no Father Christmas, but we do have a Saint Nick who I guess used to give out uh gifts to the poor, and right. he's gonna be the one that's gonna take it. So he was probably the guy just going to the homeless shelters and whatnot, and was like being and looked nothing like Santa. He and then looked nothing like Santa. It was actually probably Odin. redheaded, freckled. Google Odin. <laughs> Google Odin. <laughs> Google Christmas <clears throat> Odin, and if you ain't looking at Santa, I don't know who you're looking at. And the only reason why I say redheaded and freckled is because if you ever watched the claymation story about St. Nicholas, you will see that St. Nicholas, when he was young, was redheaded and freckled. But that was the claymation movie. Oh, they were trying to tell us something. I think so. But was I think those Saint claymation Nicholas workers. They don't dare St. Nicholas. Oh, I don't know. Ni yo. Uh, he might have been Google, from eh? he lo, lo googleo, <laughs> but he um, <laughs> but somebody's listening. Like he was from such and such. Well, we can't right. Know They're probably everything. yelling right now. At we this can't very know moment. all of it. Um, it looks like he was definitely yep Italian. Yeah, he was Italian. Or okay. no, he was Greek. Oh, uh, isn't in Italy, that the though. same thing? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they hate that shit. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> no, yeah, but he was um, originally Greek, but then he was buried in, in Italy. Oh. Yeah, so. Because he traveled all the way to Italy to give gifts? I guess so. Wow, what a nice guy. Yeah, isn't he really nice? But <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing about him is uh is i think like like i was saying he was placed there in that position by the church to kind of be like we need somebody to take the role of father christmas it cannot be this odin guy so it cannot be this odin guy <laughs> yeah so Problematic. they had to <laughs> right damn that roman catholic church bro <laughs> blame constantine for everything <laughs> So I hope that, uh, yeah, like we said earlier, we hope that this gives you some idea about um, the pagan origins. Pagan-ass Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Christmas for pagans. Yes. And I hope you enjoy it. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the item of the episode. Item of the episode. Item of the episode. So today's item of the episode is mistletoe. Shocker! <laughs> Plot twist. So mistletoe is not only used for a kissing under it, but yes, that is a tradition. And where does the that most tra- popular? Most popular. So where does that tradition come? Or actually, what is the actual real tradition about it? Um, the berry. So the white berry. <laughs> Brace yourselves. <laughs> the I was like, what? So but apparently the white berries are for, um, they represent semen. So it's like represents fertility um, in the masculine form. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to kiss under the mistletoe. The man is supposed to take a bit. Ba- this is problematic, by the way. But <laughs> the, I was reading this like, this is some bullshit. Um, but basically the man is supposed to take a berry and um, once they've kissed underneath it, and once and when there are no berries left, 
under um, on the mistletoe. The mistletoe is supposed to be taken down and then burned so that all of those couples will marry. So basically, the man would force the woman under the mistletoe, kiss her, take the berry, and then make her his wife. Tremenda brujería. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you want to talk about un amarre total. <laughs> For real, that is a bite. Well, you got to make sure. That's yeah. a spell. <laughs> Ese es un spell. So when they say that witchcraft is for women, <laughs> best believe that that mistletoe bullshit is a man's game. Okay, I read that shit and was like, this is some old bullshit. Right. I mean, what better, what other kind of way can you look at it? I mean, you're basically binding the woman to... Literally binding her to you. Make sure that she marries you and that you birth her children. Because that's all, all, the whole other thing about it. Right. It's not just marriage. The whole We mentioned marriage because the whole idea about it was the whole point of, of, fertil of fertility, right? Right. So it's being able to ensure that you're going to have children. Mm -hmm. And back then, I guess the marriage thing was a, was a given because they were like, you're not having kids and you're not fucking unless you are married. Right. True. So. Child wife. <clears throat> like little. She's like 13 and she's like, you're my wife oh, God, now. That's so fucking disturbing. Disgusting. Yeah. Awful. But other people like the Celts were kind of <laughs> just like, uh. Actually, we just use it for protection. Right. So, <laughs> right. Mistletoe. We don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> right. But mistletoe uh, can be used also for protection um, in your home, but also protection of self. So, the way that you can actually use that too is uh, you can keep it at your door. You can keep it. Um, oh on my your... God, but what if somebody tries to kiss you under it? Uh, I mean. That's oh, just mixing that's stuff. That's like a good thing. Oh, so, oh, okay. So this is for protection. I don't got nothing to do with my fertility and you marrying me. It's right. like one of those things. Clearly, my non-committal ass is like, whoa, 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 partner. <laughs> trying to kiss me on the air. That's for protection. That's right. not for kissing. That's not what this is for. <laughs> <laughs> you missing the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Typical out of shit. Why so, don't I have more mistletoe? <laughs> so during this season uh, or during this time, right? Mistletoe is pretty ubiquitous. It's, you can yeah, get it in a lot of different places. Do you dry it before you store it? Uh, or would you just rip it up and store it? Like, like you know, pull it apart. Oh, I see what you throw mean. It in. Do you separate the berries? Like if you wanted to like put it in a canister and throw it in your herb collection? Yeah, I would definitely take the berries out because the berries are probably the more, more the part of that plant that would uh decompose faster right oh also poison if in, if ingested oh yes big Sidebar. deal do, like, not do not eat. make a tea right do not like use it any do not ingest it in any way i don't even recommend smoking it yeah it's so berries it's so i berries. guess i guess you can't eat those considering maybe that's what they eat but we're still not recommending that you do not recommend this it was supposed to it had some medicinal purposes way back when but it was like the dosages were so dangerous like if the smidge, like a smidge overdose, and like kill you. Yeah, so, so we're not trying to kill not nobody. So and I wouldn't burn it, it either. And when I said smoke it, I didn't mean roll it like a joint, which was originally going to be my item of the episode was going to be a joint for the holidays. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. Um, but yeah, no, I don't recommend burning it. No, I, I wouldn't. Like it was burned traditionally, but in a fire outside. 
Yeah. So if you wanted to use it nowadays more for like love drawing or for the fertility part aspect of that. It's mojo bags. Right. You can make a mojo bag at it, put it in a Mm -hmm. satchel, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if it's for fertility, actually, I'm into keeping it in between your mattresses. That's good. Like putting it under your bed or in between your mattresses, hanging it over the bed. That hanging kind of over thing. the bed for sure. Yeah, for fertility and yeah, especially it's for male virility. So, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> <laughs> if you need a little bit of that male virility, throw some mistletoe up in there. They'll think it's romantic, and you'll know it's witchcraft. <laughs> right, exactly. But don't let him pick a berry from it and then go unless you try to get married. Because you sis. just you just tricked yourself. If you try to get married, <laughs> sis, tell him to pick a berry and then burn the damn thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> That's like a boom. There's your ritual of the episode. Oh, ritual of the episode. <laughs> you want to get married? Get one of those berries. Get a make berry. Make him pick it. Make him pick the berry after you kiss under the mistletoe. Watch it be plastic. The whole thing breaks. It's connected to a garland. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, bueno, I was listening to another witch podcast. And all the garlands are hanging down. And then some thing I was like, this desperate bitch going to knock out all the decorations trying to get this mistletoe. Right. You're going to pull some berries make sure you get the real thing. Yeah, so. exactly. Make sure it's not connected to all of the Christmas decorations. Because in my house, Edna's fucking your whole shit up. You fuck up her Christmas decorations. Oh, God, that was hilarious. I actually saw it happen in my mind. <laughs> Oh, to be imaginative is such a blessing. <laughs> so mistletoe for fertility mm-hmm. and protection. And protection. Nice. For this week's recipe or um, ritual of the episode, please rewind this and listen to <laughs> how to use a mistletoe to trap a fucking partner. We weren't fucking around. <laughs> Get yourself some real mistletoe. Pick those motherfucking berries. <laughs> and burn the bush outside. Yes, not indoors. Guys. Not indoors. We burn, don't want to poison yourself. Burn the plant outside and you will catch yourself a lover. <laughs> Time tested tradition. <laughs> Buena suerte. <laughs> so, this episode, we're doing an oracle pull based off of uh, a deck called The Power of Surrender, uh, authored by Judith Orloff. Dr. Judith. Dr. Judith Orloff. <laughs> So let's see. We're going and focusing on what should we be uh, surrendering to during this dark moon that's coming on Christmas. Before the new moon. Yeah. So this is our Christmas surrender under the dark moon. That already sounds like such a complicated thought. (laughs) So many (laughs) layers. All right. So ahora, I'm going to spread these out for you. Yes. He meant to say his beautiful assistant, Vanna. (laughs) (laughs) Bana. Bana. Bana White. This says, surrender your addictions. Ooh, bitch. That read your drunk uncle for filth, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Whether you're addicted to substances, food, people, sex, or overworking. I feel attacked. Take action (laughs) to begin to heal the addiction and replace it with healthier alternatives. Ooh. There you go. And that's talking about a lot of things. I mean, you know, going into the hardworking Capricorn new moon, mm. you got to be able to be ready to let go of a lot of things that you're attached to that you don't need to be attached to. 
Otherwise, how are you going to be able to stay focused and doing the hard work that you have to do? Yes, yes. Whatever it is that you're addicted to, that security blanket, that thing, your comfort, that comfort that is detrimental Mm -hmm. to your success, to that Capricorn energy, it'll block... The addiction will block the Capricorn energy. Exactly. From being able to really take form under that new moon. So if you're able to, in the dark moon, face addiction... That's crazy. That is deep and be Mm -hmm. able to clear make room that you can just reflect honestly what can you do with addiction but reflect identify channel and change like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like under a dark moon to be able to yeah reflect on addictive traits that you can kind of cancel not kind of cancel, that you can cancel, that you will cancel mm-hmm. because the time is now. Yeah, and remember wow, that addiction can be a lot of different things where it's, mm-hmm. remember like part of, one of the definitions of addiction is things that uh, you are tied to that tend to interrupt your life. I confess I'm addicted to food. Oh, for sure. I am too. Yeah. I, I admit that as That's well. That's a thing for me. But even if it's not food, but if let's say it's addicted to I don't know, social media. If it's addicted to you uh, binge watching at the end of your oh, day. Oh, why would you at me? Why would you look <laughs> at me like that? I, I wasn't. I wasn't looking at you, sir. Wait. Anyway. Um, anyways. Um, right. Looking at like, like, but you know, that's the thing. Like some people have it. I don't know. It's my addiction. In their mind. It's my addiction to Shit's Creek. That's why. I, feel <laughs> I love Shit's Creek though. <laughs> uh I've already watched like all those episodes again. Like seven times. I have no idea how many More times. More for life. Yeah. So, but the other part of it is that, you know, what I mean referring to that is how are you addicted to the typical habits that you have throughout your day or throughout Ooh. your week? So you think that, okay, I work really hard. So the rest of my night, I'm just going to like deaden my brain and just watch, binge watch hours like and hours of episodes. addicted to television. Yeah. Mm, how is that something that maybe you do need to surrender to and kind of get rid of so that you can be able to go and do the other things that you've been trying to set for yourself in your life you know so absolutely absolutely i love that and i love the idea of in the dark under the dark moon kind of reflecting yeah in the void and addiction we usually use to fill a void Exactly. So to be oh able to God, yeah. see, I think it's so on point because to be able to identify an addiction, and I feel like everyone has something. Of course. That they rely on, you know? Mm-hmm. So to be able to see clearly what it is that is deterring you from evolving, especially under a hardworking Capricorn moon and sun like you said Mm -hmm. so what is that deterrent knowing is half the battle so if you can identify you can destroy that's it that's the first step in closing happy merry everything and always know that any future holiday song that you got (laughs) is gonna be purely pagan you can make it pagan the first Noel is really about the god Mithras. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> As you're caroling, if some of you go out there caroling, carol and sing your pagan songs. Away in a manger was because they were immigrants 
Eso. looking for refuge. Right, guys. <laughs> well, that's not pagan. That's just fucking accurate. <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just facts. And very uh, much of our times. Right. Very, very 2020. But, um, yeah, we want you to have a happy holiday. As always, as always, we are so grateful for your love, support, your shares, your follows, your comments, your feedback, um, your five-star reviews. We love them. Thank you so much for all of it. Make sure you're following us at Another Witch Podcast. As usual, my name's Auda. I'm Alan. And we love you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Yule. Merry Solstice. Bye. Iwepa. <laughs>